The following is a President's Chapel given by Dr. W. Robert Godfrey. For more information about this lecture or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474, wscal.edu, 888-480-8474. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, our God, we are so thankful that you are our shepherd and that you lead us and that the promise of your word is that in Jesus Christ, we have an eternal dwelling place with you. So bless us now as we look into your word. Help us to draw closer to you. Uh, hear us for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated and turn with me in the word of God to Psalm 105. And we will also be reading after reading the first 15 verses of Psalm 105. We'll turn to Genesis chapter 20 and read the first seven verses there. Let us hear God's own word. Psalm 105, beginning at verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, to you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When they were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. And then if you turn with me back to Genesis chapter 20, um, an episode in the life of Abraham clearly alluded to in uh, Psalm 105. Um, we'll read the first seven verses there, Genesis 20. From there, Abraham journeyed toward the territory of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur, and he sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands have I done this. Then God said to him in the dream, 
Yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Well, we are looking at this remarkable psalm, Psalm 105, and uh, we looked first at the opening section of the psalm, which is the praise offered to God, a a general praise, a heartfelt praise, and uh, then the praise uh, turns to a specific promise of the Lord to his people, a promise given in covenant, a promise that God will always remember for a thousand generations And the promise is to Abraham that he will give Canaan as the land in which uh, they will dwell. And we noted that uh, this psalm, uh, in its opening verses, uh, is a repetition of the psalm that David uttered when the ark came to Jerusalem, recorded for us in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And uh, the text that we're considering uh, this morning, verses 12 through 15, is the last part of the Psalm of David that is cited. Uh, In other words, in verse 16, Psalm 105 takes a different direction from David's Psalm of Praise uh, as it's recorded in 1 Chronicles 16. Um, It's interesting, verse 16 here in Psalm 105 begins, when he, God, summoned a famine on the land. So the direction that Psalm 105 takes is to reflect on struggle and difficulty and loss. Um, But David in 1 Chronicles 16 continues with verse 23, sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation. So at David's beginning of this Psalm, David's use of this Psalm is in the context of a triumph. But I've suggested that Israel turns back uh, to uh, some of the words of David in the context of struggle and loss and tragedy and exile. And uh, it's interesting that both of them, however, cite these verses that we have for us in Psalm 105, 12 through 15. When they were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people. David wrote those words to say, I think, uh, see what small beginnings we had and how far we've come. See, starting with almost nothing, the Lord has brought us to triumph and success. Uh, See how the Lord has fulfilled his promise to Abraham. We have a country, we have a capital. Uh, We have now our own Ark of the Covenant here at the center of our capital. Uh, We've moved from nothing to something. And uh, Psalm 105 seems to reiterate that, but soon to go in a different direction. I think what Psalm 105 is going to say, we were once powerless, and now we're powerless again. But we shouldn't lose heart. But because because the God who came to us in our weakness and led us to the promised land, 
can come to us again, will come to us again because he's made a promise and will lead us again. And so uh, the Psalms uh, with so much in common uh, head in different directions uh, reminding us of how the Word of God speaks to us in different times and different circumstances to come to our aid, to come to our need. And uh, here in a time when many Christians in the 21st century may feel relatively powerless, relatively weak, relatively exiled, maybe even entirely exiled. Uh, here this psalm comes to speak to us, to encourage us, and uh, to remind us that it's not all bad to be powerless if God is with you. They were few in numbers once upon a time. They were homeless once upon a time. They were of no significance once upon a time. And that powerlessness is a condition in which the people of God have found themselves. But it doesn't mean they were abandoned. It doesn't mean they were on their own. It doesn't mean that they were forgotten. As we see here, verse 14, he allowed no one to oppress them. Now, there may have been days in Abraham's life and in Isaac's life and in Jacob's life where they felt somewhat oppressed. But the point here is they were never abandoned. They were never forgotten. Uh, every day of their lives, God was with them, directing them to accomplish his purpose and protecting them. He was always with them. He was always for them. He even rebuked kings on their behalf. And clearly this episode in Genesis 20 is in the mind of the psalmist, uh, first David and now whoever wrote this psalm. Um, that episode, that remarkable episode where Abraham, the father of the faithful, a coward, um, is so afraid of the powers of this world that he passes off his beautiful wife as a sister. And King Abimelech takes her as his wife. And God rebukes him. God comes to Abimelech in a dream and says, what you've done is wrong. What you've done is dangerous. Don't harm my people. God rebukes Abimelech. And what the psalm here is confessing is that this incident in the life of Abraham is the way God has dealt with his people through the generations. It wasn't just to Abraham that the word came that God would protect, that God would uh, preserve, that God would um, uh, keep the powers of the nations from overwhelming and destroying them, but it's for his people as a whole. Uh, in Genesis chapter 20, Abraham is described as a prophet, and we're not perhaps entirely surprised by that. Abraham's the man of God. Abraham knew God. God spoke to Abraham. But what's interesting here is that the whole people are being described here, it seems to me, as prophets, as anointed, as belonging to the Lord. 
It's not just that God raised up prophets amongst his people. Historically, he did that, certainly. But this psalm seems to be uh, making the point that all of God's people share in the anointing that God provides for his people. Those of you who know the Heidelberg Catechism may be familiar with that language. Those of you who don't know the Heidelberg Catechism, shame on you. Um, But the Heidelberg Catechism says one of the benefits of being a Christian is that we share in the anointing of Christ. Christ, you know, means anointed. Christ means Messiah. Uh, Anointed is just an English translation of a Greek word, Christ, or a Hebrew word, Messiah, to say we all are anointed in Christ. We all share in what God is accomplishing. We are all, in some sense, prophets, priests, and kings, as we are in Christ. And so we are protected by God, however powerless, for his purpose. That's what this text is saying to us today. This is what is encouraging us today. Uh, God is with us. Uh, God protects us. Uh, God leads us sometimes in history to victory. Uh, This is, after all, the year 2017. And uh, we're remembering this as the Luther year, the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. Um, I'm going to give a lecture in a couple of days um, that's going to talk about a little bit about Luther getting married. And uh, that was one of his um, acts of reformation, getting married. Um, When asked why was he going to get married, he said in a romantic mood, to spite the devil and the pope. Um, and uh, uh, he had hesitated to get married uh, because he was so very certain that he would be martyred. Uh, He thought he was not long for this world, but God preserved him. And uh, Luther, who thought in the mid-1520s that he would be martyred most any time, Uh, was preserved and protected by God to minister another 20 years in the Lord's service and to die in bed. Not at home, but in bed. Uh, He was protected. He was used. There was a kind of victory that Luther was able to observe as the Reformation spread and flourished, although always in the midst of struggle. And so whether it's times of victory or times of struggle, The Lord is with us. The Lord protects us. The Lord remembers us. And the Lord uses us. He has a purpose for us. Uh, We are his prophets. We are his anointed. And Abraham bore the word of God as a prophet, not very courageously. Nonetheless, he bore the word of God. He came into this kingdom of Gerar and said, Doesn't look to me like there are people who fear God here. I guess I'll keep my witness to myself. And God suggested that wasn't such a hot idea, that he didn't need to be afraid because God would protect him. And then God used Abraham as an intercessor. If you'll pray for the king, I'll spare him. And Abraham prayed, and the king was spared. Um... This, too, draws us to the fact that God in history 
uses people to accomplish his purpose. This psalm speaks specifically about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and will go on to speak about Joseph and Moses and Aaron. Implicitly, it talks about David, who composed the first part of this psalm. And of course, it points us to Christ because God throughout history raises up individuals he uses. And the whole Old Testament points forward to Christ, who will be the true and final prophet, who will bear the word of God for his people, who will intercede for his people, and will fill us with assurance that he will protect us and he will use us. So may this word of God encourage us and fill us with hope in believing. Let us pray. Well, Lord, we're so thankful for the way in which your word encourages us. And uh, especially we pray, O oh Lord, for those here and in our community who are struggling, who are feeling powerless, that uh, your protection and your purpose might encourage each one so that we will serve you gladly and confidently, uh, serve you knowing that uh, Jesus Christ is our great prophet and that he ever lives to pray for us. Fill us with that hope in believing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2017, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.